Welcome back to Something Private, a podcast for Southeast Asian women by Southeast Asian women, exploring conversations around health, the self, community and love. My name is Nicole and I am your producer and host. Before we start off today's episode, I'd like to give a special shout out to our friends at the National University Heart Centre Singapore, or NUHCS for short, for teaming up with us on an episode on women's heart health. In light of March being the dedicated month for women, I'd like all of you ladies tuning in to think about yourselves for a minute, and for the men to think about all the women in your lives. There's this saying that us women, we often put ourselves last. We care for everybody in our vicinity family, our friends, our partners, but we often find it selfish to think about ourselves. Just think about it. Who in your family makes sure that everybody is cared for and fed? So I have two guests with me today who are the two women running one of Singapore's first gender-tailored healthcare program that's focused on women's heart health. So I'm wondering, doctors, before we begin with introduction, if let's say I suffer a heartbreak, could I come to you guys for help? <laughs> I think you're a bit too young for that. But generally, I do think that if a person is experiencing stress, mm. especially for women or, or even a young lady, she can manifest with chest tightness, feeling uh, congested in the chest. I mean, you really can feel heartache. But whether that actually means something organic, of course, it's mm. another different thing. Mm. So, but when we talk about broken heart syndrome in medical terms, stress-related um, cardiomyopathy or Takotsubo cardiomyopathy, we really mean it like a medical condition. Mm. But emotionally, when a woman feels like she has got a heartache, it doesn't mean that your heart is really getting injured at that point in time. Okay, so doctors, actually, we've been talking for quite a bit, but I've yet to introduce <laughs> you guys. My name is Ting Ting. And this is Laureen with me. We are from the National University Heart Centre Singapore. We are cardiologists, which means we take care of matters of the heart. Mm-hmm. Only real medical matters, not mm-hmm. all matters. <laughs> we are two of a, of a bigger team who run the uh, Women's Heart Health Program. We've got nurses and other female cardiologists with us. And uh, why this program came about was because we find that we need to Uh, increase visibility of heart health in women and address this knowledge gap that women don't know that they can die from heart disease. Mm. So like among the three of us here, there is is either you, me or her who will eventually die of cardiovascular disease. It's one in three chance. Mm. We Mm. find that uh, if you just label a condition for what it is, uh, women are not picking up their ears and looking out for it, for their heart health. But when they say women, women's heart disease, women's heart health program, uh, we're drawing the attention of women, the things that represent femininity. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's, that's basically the main end, of, main end of the program. Several things that I want to unpack here. The first thing that really struck me was the idea of a gender-tailored healthcare program, right? I think I've never heard before besides like maybe gynecology or like doctors who specialize in like men's health but is there a similar program in other parts of the world like specifically on a condition that affects both men and women but are skewed towards like one particular gender essentially is singapore the first to do this 
Oh no, definitely there are other countries that have this, especially the Western counterparts, right? You know, they are more um, big on things like feminist movement, mm -hmm. women's rights. So we're actually a little bit slower to the game. You know, we just want to label it, uh, give somewhere where women can come to and really just get their hearts checked. We definitely take care of men's heart too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, no discrimination. <laughs> okay, so the other question I have is, when I first heard about heart health and I feel like I can speak for a lot of girls my age when I say that the term kind of flies over my head quite a bit, mm. right? When I think about heart health, I'm like, oh, okay. Nobody talks about looking at the inside mm. and making sure that your heart is healthy. Mm. But I think yeah. also when you're young, you're very, you just focus on things that are immediate, you know? You want like now immediate benefits. I do this, I go to the gym, then I look toned, you know? Mm. Whereas when it comes to heart health, you're talking about long-term investments and you're talking about things that you cannot see and sometimes it may make you you may have to do like have some sacrifices because like maybe your friends uh, smoke or less healthy behaviors and you probably will also want to do it mm -hmm. so for you at the age usually when you're young it just it's just not something you even want to think about yep so heart health is really a very big term, right? So usually when we say heart disease, there are many, many conditions. So it's anything that can affect the heart, which is like a pump, and then the blood vessels. So together, the vessels and the heart together is like a closed circuit. So it can range from things as simple as like high blood pressure, which can damage your vessels. Mm. Um, if it's damaged to the brain, you can get things like stroke. If it's damaged to your heart, then you can get things like heart attacks. So it's, it's really a, a, a big range. But I think generally when you talk like, in terms of media or when people are discussing, when they say heart, I think people are thinking about heart attacks. Yep. Am I going to get this condition called coronary artery disease? So it means there's disease to the blood vessels specifically feeding the heart. And I think what many uh, women, actually or men as well, don't realise is that well, cardiovascular disease is actually the top killer mm. in the world. 80% of the time, the condition is actually preventable. Mm. And prevention doesn't start when the disease has, you know, come on board. It starts before um, conditions appear. So it really means that uh, we can take action from our youth. And mm. women live longer, right? I don't have to care that much. And we want to change that notion mm. for women. Mm. I didn't know that heart disease is the number one killer of men and women. You are like everybody else. You think that breast cancer is the one who kills you, right? That kills you? Yeah, yeah. or a cervical cancer as well. So really... Popular one. I don't know why the breast is always taking attention away from I think it's women because and it, men. It, it <laughs> signifies femininity, something like outward, you yep, know, yep, your, yep, your value, yep. your worth. So, yep, yep. It represents yeah. what it means to be like a woman, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I do feel that women associate themselves with the organs that represent femininity more mm. because it's, I guess it, it improves your self esteem. Nobody wants to lose the breast. But uh, the heart is on the inside, uh, but it really goes a long way because women generally already live longer than men. And so if you are not taking care of your heart, you will actually live with the burden of disease much longer. And uh, it's very hard to say you want to look healthy and feel healthy if your heart is not in good shape. It's pretty common in the medical setting when we have to propose, say, an intervention or treatment for a woman with heart condition, one of the first things she will say is, I need to ask my husband first. Yeah. Or I cannot do this because I have to take care of my grandchildren. Or this other whoever, whoever has another medical appointment. Everybody else has a medical appointment before their own. They can send their children for sports classes or their parents for physiotherapy. But they can't come for cardiac rehabilitation mm. after a heart attack. So I have a lady 
who is, she's not too old, she's uh, 60, 60, 60 plus, uh, with a severe form of a heart condition uh, that causes the right side of the heart to fail. Mm. And uh, she actually needs to have expensive treatment, I mean, to help to prolong her lifespan. Uh, she's suffering from this condition called pulmonary arterial hypertension. And she came with her daughters and and I offered that therapy to her. She was actually very adamant against accepting any more therapy for heart condition because she feels that her life is not worth the cost of the medication. Mm. And I remember it was really very emotional for me because I almost had to hold back my tears in a clinic to remain professional. Mm. But she actually, I mean, her daughter was there to say that, mommy, we can pay for this treatment. We have more than, we have more than enough and we can go ahead. But she actually knelt down in front of her daughter and held her hand and said that no, I will, mommy will not take your medicine money for treatment. You leave it for your children's education. Mm. I don't have to live too many more years and I have everything that I have. Mm. And I think somehow, I, I think women do tend to do that. It's bittersweet that, uh, that uh, women do tend to put everybody else before themselves first and they, they tend to be more self-sacrificial they like to see themselves as a role of the provider in the family. Mm. And uh, if their needs can go first, they will let their needs go out first. And I'm wondering if this is one of the motivations behind specifically catering the heart health program to women, right? Mm. That we, we think about all the things that like nobody else thinks about, like who has eaten in the family, you know, who washes the clothes, who cleans the house, um, how are, are the rest of the family members doing emotionally? So this is a reflection of your inner self? <laughs> <laughs> it's a reflection of looking at all the women in my life. Because I mean, think about my mom also, like all the emotional burdens that she bears, caring for my dad, caring for me, my sister and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, Take a rest, mom. Take a rest. I'm worried for you. <laughs> the program really want, wants to reach out to women to advocate for themselves, for self-care. And the good thing about uh, uh, getting a woman educated about heart health is that if she knows how to have a good, heart-healthy lifestyle, she actually brings it for the entire family. Mm. So the impact is great. There is definitely a lot of literature that have been published about differences, biological differences between men and women mm. and uh, gender differences when it comes to seeking health uh, mm. care. So, uh, for example, even with uh, heart attacks, women tend to present to the hospital later. They tend to live with their symptoms longer before coming to the emergency department. Yep. And actually, the sad part is by the time they come to the emergency department, there is a tendency that doctors tend to dismiss women more than men. Mm. And on top of that, there are actually some conditions that affect women more than men. So like stress-related cardiomyopathy is one of them, as we mentioned earlier. But there are some coronary syndromes that affect women more, like uh, spontaneous coronary artery dissection, uh, microvascular angina. So these are medical terms. I think I won't dwell too much into it. Mm. But even things like heart failure, mm. uh, a certain heart condition can affect women more, such as heart failure with preserved ejection fraction. And we see a lot of them in the hospital. But uh, women are just not aware that uh, if they feel short of breath or if they feel any chest tightness, they should come to the hospital and get it addressed early mm. rather than try to live with it or find excuses around it. Take care of everybody else with a problem first. Mm. Seems to me like there are two things here. The first thing is that women are not coming forward to seek help when they are experiencing certain conditions. And the second is, like you mentioned just now, that women are turned away from doctors or like their pain is downplayed. I'm wondering what's the reason for these two 
Things I'm like hoping that. they are not getting turned away already. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a lot better. I mean, firstly, to answer the first part, so if for women themselves, if you're not even aware, you know, the concept of getting a heart attack or having a heart disease is not even mm. in your head, you're less likely to come forth and, and seek treatment. And mm. it's really, really uh, pretty common, to be honest, that I have this uh, lady who's like maybe 50 or 60 years old and then we, we tell her, oh, look, you know, you, you have underlying heart disease. Maybe it got picked up. Uh, on a stress test or maybe after a heart attack and then usually after that they will always say like how can it be I'm always well before that you know I, I didn't have anything before that that's why we were saying you need to really start from when you're young because all mm. these disease processes might have started when you're 20 or you're 30 and 40 and it just gradually worsens and the other reason uh, for us having this gender-tailored program is there are other specific risk factors in women, which you don't see in men. Like, let's say if you have uh, gestational diabetes, that means mm. your sugars were high during pregnancy. That itself is also a risk factor, mm. which uh, most people think, you know, nothing much about it. They say it just disappears after pregnancy. And after that, I'm just so busy taking care of the kids. You know, it yeah, just gets forgotten. Absolutely. So I think really it's the education and awareness part that's why women are not coming forth. And then secondly, women these days are really, really very busy. You know, like we're all juggling careers. You have family. It's just too many things, too many mm. things. And then that, that, that part of your heart health just simply gets forgotten. Yeah, the heart is the last thing that they think exactly. about. Exactly. You don't mm. see it so out of sight, out of mind, you know, mm. that kind of thing. And then when it comes to um, doctors turning away, makes us sound really bad. <laughs> <laughs> not at all, not at all. Yeah. But uh, I'll say a lot of times it's just human nature to be quite quick to judge. I'll share something personal, like even myself, uh, even though I'm part of this women's uh, heart health program, uh, it's, it's just something that's very, very subconscious. Like I had this patient who was very, very uh, anxious, you know. Before that, she was she's already been seeing a psychiatrist. She's got anxiety disorder, depression. Uh, she's struggling a bit with um, alcoholism, difficulty within families. Mm. Um, she's about 50 plus years old. And, and her, the referral uh, letter was from uh, a GP who also said that, you know, I, I think this woman's just... It's just menopause or she's just anxious. But since she keeps coming back, uh, I think I'll just refer her to you. Mm. The context, you know, is, and all these first impression you're getting is like, okay, this one sounds like... Not maybe, a real problem. Yeah, not, not, not a real problem, you know? Yep, just, just yep. anxiety. And then finally, when she came that day, she, she also looked uh, absolutely anxious. You know, the kind where the eyes just pacing all over the mm. place. And she kept asking questions. And in between, she was tearing. But I decided since, you know, she really had all the previous... Uh, a lot of blood tests and everything done at GP. I thought, okay, well, I'll just do a stress test for her. But I, in my head, I was thinking, this is going to be normal. It's going to be normal. And then uh, two weeks later, she came back and then turns out, oh, the, the stress test, which is like a running test, um, turned out it was actually positive. So I was mm. quite shocked. I mean, I'm glad I didn't write her off, but I was really guilty because inside, you know, I was judging her as well. Yep. So it's really, really easy to just like, uh, she's a woman, you know, she's just being anxious. She's she's going through menopause. You know, you can just write women off yep. like yep. this. Yep. It's, it's very interesting. And I, I feel so sad. <laughs> I definitely have been caught the same way, definitely. Yeah. I've done, I've done tests on women, which I expect to be normal. In fact, I tell them that we'll just do the scan just to make sure they give yeah. you peace of mind uh, because uh, she's grieving over uh, a son's death. And she, she's feeling heartache like you described earlier. You know, mm. like I have chest pain. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm sad. I'm, I'm, I'm grieving, and and I cannot sleep at night because the pains are disturbing me. Yeah, yeah. 
So I was like, okay, that sounds completely a natural process with grieving. But uh, yeah, she's got a little bit of risk factors. Okay, we'll just do a CT scan and make sure that the coronary arteries are clean. And she actually had very severe coronary artery disease. And it was the grief and the stress reaction that brought out chest pains and it manifested for the first time. Just imagine it can be easily just, you know, brushed off, right? Because we, I think we tend to, women generally tend to have more subtle symptoms compared to men compared to men okay. and i guess uh, it does take a discerning uh, doctor to to want to address the problem at the root you know like to to decide that we better really screen for mm. heart disease mm-hmm. in this patient mm. so i think if that thought is not in the head then the, for both the patients and the providers, then basically it can, it can be missed. Mm. So many interesting things. I think the first thing is, what are the differences then between like identifying heart disease in like men and women? If let's say women are being turned away more often than men, right? Then why are the men not being turned away? <laughs> I like to say that maybe in, in our institution, maybe with the program, maybe providers or the doctors are generally more aware yep, yep. that we shouldn't uh, have any healthcare disparity in yep. providing care between men and yep. women. Is it also because, I mean, just now, Dr. Laurie, you're mentioning that the patient that came in had menopausal symptoms, right? Is it because like it's more linked to like various aspects of like her body? That's why it could be like mistaken for like another condition or like you guys, the doctor might not recognize. Yeah, it. so menopause, uh, one of the classic symptoms is hot flushes. Yep, yep. So that's where, you know, the patient G would describe, oh, I feel my heartbeat beating very fast. There's this hot sensation coming up my chest. Yep. So that always frequently gets mistaken, vice versa. It can be e- either way, you know, yep. menopause symptoms get mistaken for heart condition and heart condition get mistaken for menopause. Or maybe it's also the way the women present themselves when they come. Mm. They come in with, uh, they're not coming in to say that, I think I have heart disease, can you check my heart? Mm. Uh, They come in saying like, I've seen other doctors and they say it's not the heart. But uh, anyway, I agree that I'm stressed. I agree that I'm depressed. I... I, I think it's not the heart, but uh, I just thought I'd come and see you just in case. And, and yeah, That's true. That's the usual way. Yeah, yeah. They say, I think it's actually gastric. Sometimes when I take the gastric pill, it, it helps. You know, they're kind mm. of trying they're to convince themselves and, and ask that it's not the heart. Mm. Yes. So, you know, I'm just getting a bit scared and worried because I'm thinking about my mom <laughs> <laughs> who tells me the same things like hot flushes, a bit of like depression as well, um, gastric. So, okay, going on to check my mom <laughs> if she's okay. Um, I'm wondering if you can share a bit more also about like the aspects of like, it seems like there's a bit of a link between uh, psychological and mental well-being and health as well. Because I think you guys were sharing that some of the women that come in have like anxiety, have like depression. So is there like a link between these two conditions? Yeah, yeah definitely there's a link, but it's not directly you can't say ah, I'm stressed and then stress therefore cause my heart attack it's not as simple as that and we do know that a lot of these emotions are normal it's just part of being human right we have ups and downs bad things happen you know we feel grief uh, but if it's persistent if it's chronic if you're like in a chronic state of stress you know uh, long-term depression never getting better then it's more likely that you're going to make poor health choices. So let's say if you're very stressed, some people will be like stress eating. Uh, they will feel very fatigued and lethargic, don't want to exercise. Or maybe you might have insomnia. So all these things add up. And we do know like conditions where let's say if you have poor, if a lot of stress and you're sleeping poorly, then you're more likely to get things like high blood pressure. Mm. And then high blood pressure increases your risk of uh, getting heart disease. So there is a link, but uh, I don't think we need to be 
too worried, you know, when you're having stress for exam and then like, oh, am I going to get a heart attack? No, I, I think, yeah. Yeah, but I think the association between stress and heart disease is definitely stronger in women than men. So, for example, stress increases the risk of heart attacks 3.9 times more in women compared to 2.6 times more in men. Mm. So, women are really just so much more vulnerable. So, for example, when it comes to post-heart attack, women uh, have a higher tendency of lapsing into depression compared to men. And that has been well established in many countries and across many studies. Mm. Is there um, a reason for that? I'm not sure whether it's just the biological sex differences that makes women more vulnerable. And there have also been studies and uh, uh, designed to see if uh, stress are more likely to cause uh, heart attacks in women. Yep. Uh, I, I don't think we have found like a, a, the link a strong as strong link. as like smoking versus you know, leads to heart yep. disease. Yep. But uh, I, I think it's pretty clear that women are more vulnerable to the adverse outcomes of stress. Mm. And one of them inc includes poorer heart health. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So what I'm getting is women are very vulnerable. Take holidays. <laughs> We're taking a short break. Something Private is a podcast produced on the media publisher Our Grandfather's Story. Watch our new episodes every alternate Tuesdays on YouTube and listen to us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcast every alternate Thursdays. New episodes will be published first on YouTube and we'll be publishing once every two weeks this season. We've also just launched our new website, so pay us a visit at somethingprivate.fm if you'd like to share your story with us or work with us. Otherwise, you can send us a message on Instagram at somethingprivatepod or email us at nicole at somethingprivate.fm. We're immensely grateful for all the support you guys have given us and we really couldn't have come this far without you. If you'd like to keep supporting our work, become our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash something private pod. That's patreon.com forward slash something private pod. Now back to the episode. I want to get down to finally talking about what are the symptoms of like cardiovascular disease so that the listeners who are tuning in can be like, oh, how do I identify, let's say, if I'm stressed versus like, if I'm actually having like a heart attack. I think the truth is that it can be quite hard to tell the difference. Um, the most common ones that you know about heart attacks, you know, you have a chest pain, TV show style, right? You, yep. know, you clutch your chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then sometimes the guy looks like he's on the floor, fainting, uh, very breathless, cold sweat. So these are the typical symptoms. And usually men tend to have this more. Not saying that women don't experience this. They do. Women tend to have a lot of atypical symptoms. So atypical meaning it's just not as common. So it could be simply as feeling a heavy sensation or some heavy sensation in the chest or just feeling mm. more tired. Uh, some people will have things like, um, what they say, heartburn. That's why they think it's gastritis. So it's, it's really, really uh, not specific. I've even had patients who thought that um, their heart attack symptoms were actually due to a flu. It could also be, be something like you think she was having, she, maybe the patient's a very anxious kind of patient, so she thought, ah, she's having a panic attack. There isn't really a, a, a clear cut like, you know, yes and no, this is a symptom of heart disease or it's not. So I think the, the point is that if it's something different from your usual and you're worried enough, I mean, I think you should just come forth and get, get it checked. Is there a difference between um, heart attack versus like panic attack, for instance? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's two different uh, conditions. And I guess right? like how, how, how does one recognise one of each? Okay, well, they're actually very similar in terms of um, 
patients will always say, you know, my, my heart is beating very fast, I'm in cold sweat, uh, some people are hyperventilating, they cannot breathe. And you, you can have this chest pain, palpitations, they're, they're ex essentially about the same. Mm -hmm. But I think context is very important. So if, let's say, um, you are young, uh, you're going to have an exam, uh, you are stressed, you know, then it's more likely, okay, maybe it's just a, a panic attack, right? And, and then when you take a break, you know, you calm down, it's fine. Versus, say, if um, maybe you have some risk factors, uh, maybe you have a high blood pressure, you have some family history of someone having uh, maybe a stroke or a heart disease, and then you, you suddenly get this, uh, and you're not, really facing any stress, then of course, you know, you should be thinking more of a heart attack. I mean, these are two very extreme different examples. Of course, mm. sometimes the lines can be blurry, like sort of the patient I said uh, earlier about, she, she has both, right? So I, I think it's better to just get a baseline, find out, find out your risk factors, get a check. I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, even though I, might, I guess some people might be a bit embarrassed, they'd be like, yeah, actually maybe it's just anxiety, <laughs> panic attack. But I, I think it's really, really the, the right move to, you know, just come and get it checked. We'll see a doctor if I'm sure. I mean, that's why we, that's why we are there. Mm -hmm. We're trying to look more friendly. Smile <laughs> <laughs> in the camera anymore. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's important for, for the patients to be aware of their risk factors because once you know your risk factors, if you feel any symptoms that may be suspicious, you know how soon you should really go see a doctor. Mm. And the common risk factors, which most people will already know, will be hypertension, diabetes and high cholesterol. Mm. Uh, then again, these are conditions that maybe start usually from above 40 to 50 years, maybe for women even older compared to men. If you're a smoker, your risk is many times increased. If you're a diabetic in a young woman, as in before 30 and you're diabetic, your risk is many times higher as well. If you have a history of uh, diabetes in pregnancy or hypertension in pregnancy, that will also increase your cardiovascular risk. Uh, family history of a of a, of a coronary disease in somebody who's younger, somebody who's 50, in a fam a who had heart disease before 50 years old, that means that you have positive family history. Mm. And, uh, and of course, we always say that if you are exercising and you have a good weight, then ideal weight, then you're less likely to have coronary artery disease or cardiovascular disease. So if you're on the obese side and you are not exercising regularly, then the, your risk is actually higher as well. Mm. So if you, we are actively addressing them and you recognise them and if you have a symptom, you know when to see a doctor early, you are pretty much doing mm. as, as much as you can. Mm. So what I'm hearing is anything can be a risk factor from the stuff that you eat to your family history and background to the amount of exercise that you have. Yeah, essentially to maintain a balanced lifestyle. Would that be correct to yeah. say? Yeah, so I think to protect yourself from cardiovascular disease, you basically just need to have a lifestyle that is ideal in many ways. Mm. You know, have a balanced diet, mm. have enough time for exercise, rest, uh, make sure that your mental health is also good, which is the amazing thing about prevention for cardiovascular disease. So let's say if you want to prevent breast cancer, basically you do a mammogram, you mm. know, when your age, uh, when you reach a certain age criteria. That one, that's just that one step, pick it up early. But cardiovascular disease prevention is not like that. So you need to advocate for it right from the beginning and make sure it's incorporated into your lifestyle so it becomes the second nature. While chest tightness and shortness of breath is the most common uh, presentation of a uh, heart attack or, or any like a beginning of coronary artery disease, for example, or even heart function disorder or heart failure, women do tend to have more uh, subtler or atypical symptoms surrounding it, so much so that they don't feel the chest 
pain or shortness of breath is the predominant symptom. Mm. And it's just more easily brushed aside. The amazing thing about uh, coronary disease is if you actually reduce your effort, the pain or the shortness of breath can actually go away. Mm. And I think that's what a lot of people try to do. I realize that if I do more work, it brings it up. Mm. It gives me that chest tightness and shortness of breath. And if I rest, it disappears. So I just do less. Mm. I don't climb two stories now. I climb one story. I feel okay. I don't, you know, do that much of my heavy grocery shopping. I just get other my family to carry it for me and I feel okay. Mm. So when you deliberately reduce your effort tolerance to make your symptoms better, then you are hiding the symptoms again. Mm. So we, we, I usually tell my patients that uh, it's very important that you are as active as possible and you are really exercising uh, every day because when you med- when that is like a, a ballpark for your usual effort tolerance. I used to be able to you know, walk two rounds around the park, but now I'm, I'm catching my breath with one round and I'm getting you know, chest discomfort with one round. There's something wrong, it's not the same. So the answer to that is see a doctor, <laughs> not, okay, I'll just keep the one round or maybe half a round is even more comfortable. That's the main message you want to get across mm. with the ladies. Mm. It's very easy for them to say, I've just been doing too much work. Yep. So yep. I'll just, yeah, you know, yep. just take some time off. How about for the younger women, for instance? Is there anything that we should be like particularly looking out for? And maybe like what are some common symptoms that maybe a 20-something, 30-something year old might experience? I'm, I'm assuming that you guys have patients that are that young as well, right? So generally, the common cardiovascular disease that we talk about, they generally do affect women of an older age group than a younger age group. Simply because it's a quiet disease that comes on with age and uh, and it mm. is related to lifestyle. And uh, compared to men, women do have cardiovascular disease a little bit older because pre-menopause, our female hormones are protective. God is fair to us in some ways. <laughs> Uh, for the younger women, I would say that uh, generally just having a healthy lifestyle goes a long way, not to be reckless in your youth, in what you indulge in. We also do like pregnancy and heart disease in the program. Mm. And uh, there are patients whereby the pregnancy, pregnancy is actually like a natural, nature stress test mm. for the heart. And sometimes some heart condition manifests for the first time when you are pregnant. Again, it can be quite hard to discern whether this chest discomfort or heartburn-related symptom or shortness of breath is due to just a growing tummy or is it uh, like a cardiac condition. So I think the main message is just to be aware that women are not spared from heart disease. Mm. So if you do feel discomfort in terms of uh, tightness, uh, non-specific chest pains or shortness of breath, see a doctor early. But otherwise, a heart-healthy lifestyle goes a long way. I think Lauren can elaborate what it means by a heart-healthy lifestyle. So actually, it's quite simple. I think heart-healthy lifestyle is something we all learn in physical education, PE days, health education. I mean, we are, we are taught from young, eat your vegetables, to run, exercise. But I think it's sort of like one year in, one year out, you know, you, you don't, you sort of, yeah, I know, but you just don't actually truly, truly like understand the importance and, and realize how uh, good exercise is. Exercise is actually really a form of medicine. Most of us rather, I don't know, I think quite usually when you're in 30s, maybe you'll be a bit more conscious about your health. Some people will be often asking us like, oh, can I take this supplement, that supplement? Mm. What can I do to make my heart better or something like that? But exercise is way better than the, the, the yeah. supplement that you're trying yeah. to buy. There's so much evidence out there for, for exercise. So there are a lot of studies that have shown, uh, long-term studies, 
Uh, definitely exercise prevents heart disease, that's clear. It decreases your risk of things like high blood pressure, diabetes. Um, but beyond just heart disease alone, uh, it also decreases links like with colon cancer or yeah. like dementia. So it's just so beneficial for your overall, all your organs and your overall well-being. And it's something that you should really, really start when you're younger. All this uh, heart disease, heart attack, I know it sounds, it's just too far away. Like sometimes you can imagine it's 50, 60, but I think you need to remember that the process is actually starting in you right now. So yes. it really pays to start early. And usually once you get into a routine when you're younger, it's just so much easier to maintain. It's really, really hard to say, after 40 years of not exercising, suddenly I want to you know, mm. go to the gym. It's, it's just really, really tough. I just want to flex a bit and say that like, I feel very like, consoled because I exercise regularly. <laughs> <laughs> so then that's the other thing. Sometimes, you know, when I ask my patients, so do you exercise? And they're like, yes! So what do you do? I swing my hands five minutes <laughs> in the morning. And I can, and how much do you walk? Oh, I can walk very far. I can shop the whole day. But that's not, <laughs> it's not the same. So when we say exercise, like for cardiovascular fitness, we really mean good amount of moderate intensity activity for 150 minutes a week. Mm. So when we say moderate intensity activity, it means that you must do enough to make you feel like you're panting harder than usual mm. and you can feel your heart rate racing. Many people didn't, don't realise that even if you're, the people who are suffering from breast cancer are not dying from breast cancer, they are still dying from cardiovascular disease. That's very interesting. Could you elaborate more? I don't understand. <laughs> cardiovascular disease claims the lives of women many times more than breast cancer. Yep. Eight times more if I'm not wrong. Yep according to the latest statistics. Simply because breast cancer is not as common as cardiovascular disease, number one. With early detection and treatment, you can actually treat the breast cancer, right? You can remove the affected breast. You cannot remove the heart when mm. you have heart condition. You have to live with it. The thing that many women don't also realise is that the treatment that you have for breast cancer also can affect heart function and coronary disease. So if you start off not having good cardiac health, then you are already disadvantaged if you have breast cancer. Certain chemotherapy may not be mm. first line for you. Women who already have heart conditions early on in life, they are already disadvantaged if they have breast cancer and need to receive breast cancer treatment. The other way around, if you have breast cancer first, you receive treatment for breast cancer. Uh, there are some treatment that can affect heart conditions. When you cure women of breast cancer and they are in remission, but the toxic effects on the heart can stay with them and the risk actually stays with them for life, for mm. many years. If you want to take care of your breast, you must actually also take care of your heart first. Mm. Yes. Mm. With coming up with this program and campaigning for heart disease in women, we really want to send a strong message that we should really advocate for ourselves first. If you're a lady, take care of your hearts. And uh, it is little stories like this that keeps us going and, uh, and I think make me feel like uh, we have to empower women to want to put themselves Yep. in front. It's not just like yes. a buzzword, right? Empowerment yeah. is literal. Yes. Yeah. And we are really doing a lot nowadays. We, yeah, Women nowadays do a lot more than before. They are really not just managing the household, but even managing the household alone and holding the skies up for everybody at any one time is not easy. Mm. The commonest person to neglect is themselves. Mm. I think like I shared with you, you guys earlier, uh, a lot of our listeners are young women like my age, between the ages of like 18 to 30, with mothers, right? I'm wondering if there's any words of advice that you want to impart to them and also the women in their lives. Yeah. Well, I would like to remind everyone that, you know, uh, it 
this heart condition. I know it sounds very serious and very bleak and something that you cannot even imagine. It's just too far away, but it's really within your control. It's simply about just having a balanced lifestyle, diet, your exercise. I know 150 minutes sounds insane, like I'm really so busy, when am I going to get this 150 minutes? But I think it's also okay to just start from somewhere. Maybe it could just be as simple as just reducing your sitting time in front of the computer. Just go for, go for walks, a quick job. It's about starting small and then building it into your life, making it sustainable. Maybe the young women, I mean, I don't know, even among my friends, I'm, we're nudging each other now. Have you done your exercise for the day? More mm. like, have you done your facial for the day? Mm. Kind of thing. And I think if we have this narrative that keeps on going among the young, that we shouldn't be reckless in our youth. We're not young and invincible. The, a heart-healthy lifestyle goes a long way. Um, then the, I think we'll, we'll, we should be moving in the right direction. Mm. Thank you guys for being here and teaching all of us a bit more about heart health. I will go back and tell my friends and bring my mom for a check. Thank you Thank for you. having us. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Something Private. Hope you guys have learned something new because I sure did. If you thought the pain of a broken heart was strictly an emotional response, think again. It could jolly well be a heart attack. In any case, our friends at NUHCS want to remind you that no amount of pain is too small to ignore and you have a duty to firstly be equipped with knowledge on heart health so that you can help yourselves and secondly, to help those around you as well. Especially those of us in our 20s and 30s with parents going on their elderly years. For more information on heart health, please visit nuhcs.com.sg or follow the National University Heart Centre Singapore at NUHCS on their Facebook page and YouTube channel. I'll share you an appointment with the doctor.